Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey everybody, tonight we're debating whether or not feminism has betrayed women and we are starting right now with Stardust opening statement. Thanks so much for being with us. Stardust is taking generally no, the generally no position tonight. Thanks for being with us, Stardust. The floor is all yours. Thanks. Um, so I imagine some people think that feminism has betrayed women because of the high frequency that women decide to go out and work and provide for themselves. Um, I imagine that some think that women are betraying their biological needs and wants to create a family and care for their offspring. Um, but I would push back on this. Women have not just recently started working. Globally and historically, women have always worked. The idea that women didn't work outside the home is quite the myth. It was only true for a select group of women who were wealthy enough within a specific era. In fact, a lot of traditional society uh, it used to be that not only did women work, but children also worked. Uh, the idea that feminism was anti-family was something that was also started back in the 70s when conservatives were systematically accusing feminists um, in the women's movement of betraying the family or not caring for the family. If anything, feminism has pushed for more benefits for families historically. Feminists were vital in the 70s when it came to changing how we valued unpaid homemaking labor. Because of this, ever since 1977, homemakers can have their own IRAs to save for retirement independently of their spouses. Feminists also pushed for paid family leave and paid sick days so those who were on hourly wages could take paid leave to take care of their children and other family members who needed it. Feminists pushing for welfare rights and guaranteed income is also an important thing to remember. It implied that we as a society need to value caretaking and that mother's care, uh, caretaking is inherently of value, something that other groups said but never advocated for in a meaningful way. So 
I do not think that feminism has betrayed women. I think, if anything, society historically has betrayed women, and we are making improvements. Thank you very much for that opening, and we're going to kick it over to Ashley S., who's also taking the generally no position with regards to tonight's panel or debate topic. Thanks so very much for being with us, Ashley. The floor is all yours. Hi there. My name is Ashley, a.k.a. Not Your Everyday Ashley, XOXO. Um, I kind of have a very middle-of-the-ground stance. I guess you would say I'm kind of a liberal conservative, if that makes any kind of sense at all. Uh, I would generally take the side that um, I disagree with, and I think I guess most people do toxic modern feminism, third, fourth wave. Um, but I think that I, if we go back to the inherently, the actual definition, the original definition of feminism, which is just pushing for equality, um, I definitely, uh, I'm definitely there, you know. Um, I would take a strong stance on things like abortion and um, LGBTQ plus uh, type rights. So that would be my general probably no stance. Thank you. You got it. Thank you very much for that opening. And want to let you know, folks, if you had not seen that epic trailer at the very start of the stream, we are thrilled about DebateCon 2, our second debate conference. It's going to be in Plano, Texas on Saturday, November 19th. You don't want to miss it, folks. We've got links to the tickets to see it in person in the description box. And this is going to have huge debates. For example, as you can see at the bottom right of your screen, Destiny and Matt Dillahunty collide, two of our biggest debaters that we've ever had on the channel. As well as, we're going to have panels, for example, as you can see below in the bottom right, Ariel Scarcella, Stardust, Mouthy Infidel, and Actual Justice Warrior will be having a panel on the future of America and whether or not it's good. You don't want to miss this one. It's going to be huge. So do check out those links in the description box for this upcoming conference. With that, we're going to kick it over to the generally yes side. Thanks so much for being with us, Catherine. First time here. Glad to have you. The floor is all yours. Thank you. Yeah, generally, yes, would be a, a, a good capture of the position. So um, I might double down a little bit stronger on the yes position for the sake of making this a little more interesting. But, um, you know, I, I think that ma making sure that women have equal rights, equal opportunities is crucial. And I think we've made a, a great sort of, uh, we, we've done a great job of, of getting there. But in terms of having choices and, and having these choices represented uh, and accepted and um, regardless of what these choices are, I don't think we're doing such a great job of that and we're sort of turning back. So, you know, whether women want to choose to work or women want to choose to raise families, I think there has been sort of this encouragement of and making sure that women are working and focusing on their careers and being just like men or as opposed to women who might want to make a different kind of choice, like having a family um, and are not feeling supported and are feeling more judged in, in these situations. So um, in that way, you know, women's choices are, are sort of respected only when they are going in specific directions. And so um, I will argue the yes point, I guess. You got it. Well, we're glad you're here. And another first-timer, thrilled to have you here. Freely, Ashley, the floor is all yours for your opening as well. 
Thank you so much. Um, so yes, I believe feminism as it stands today has betrayed women. What was once about equal rights and providing more choices to women has morphed into masculine, masculinizing women, excuse me, I always mess up that word, <laughs> to make them more like men as opposed to highlighting our own strengths and abilities as women. Feminism is telling women that they are strong, empowered, and independent while simultaneously convincing them that they are also victims. Instead of equality, many feminists openly degrade men and villainize them, creating a culture centered around thinking men are our oppressors instead of our complementary counterparts. And women are told to focus on careers as opposed to family uh, to a very heavy degree, I think. And while at the same time, women who do pursue a more traditional lifestyle are commonly degraded by feminists themselves. Uh, pregnancy and motherhood is also regarded as more of a curse and something that women shouldn't want to endure as opposed to being presented as one of our greatest strengths and attributes. Um, women don't want to be objectified by men, but now women are more encouraged than ever to objectify themselves, which still ends up benefiting men in the end and taking away from women. And now gender ideology has also gotten wrapped up in this mix and I believe this is one of the biggest betrayals uh, because women are now expected to set aside our safety, security, and comfort to make room for biological men in our restrooms, locker rooms, sporting events, and even prisons. And when women make objections and attempt to explain their concerns, they're told to sit down, shut up, and stop being so hateful. So in my opinion, feminism is no longer about equality or even uplifting women, or at least not uplifting all women. Um, it has been corrupted and become a toxic ideology. You got it. Thank you very much for that opening as well, Freely Ashley. And want to let you know, folks, maybe you're like, hey, James, this debate conference, I don't live in Texas. I can't fly to Texas. Well, my dear friends, we've got good news. All of the streams are going to be streamed live for the public. This is the first time we're doing it. There are zero paywalls. So it's going to be huge, folks. Another big debate happening. Aaron Ra and Daniel Hakikachu are debating two monster debaters. It's going to be epic. So if you haven't yet, hit that subscribe button as we have many more juicy debates and panels coming up. And with that, I want to say thank you to our guests, Stardust, Ashley S., Catherine, and Freely Ashley. The floor is all yours for that open dialogue. Uh, yeah, so I would just say in response to women demonizing men, um, I don't really agree with, with, with people who do that either. Uh, the only thing I would say is that I think the internet is pretty misogynistic, and, and, and I have no problem with that. You know, I thrive, I thrive on the internet, but... I think I should just have the right to make misandrous jokes too. Like, like I don't know. <laughs> this is kind of like my view on things. Like, like, like if, if, like if, if dudes are, if we're, if, if, if misogynistic jokes are allowed to be said, and and we can all laugh about it, which I think I can laugh about it. I, how come every time I make a joke that's at men's expense, they have to like lose their cool about it? You know, that's just my. Uh, but anyways, um, regarding uh regarding the trend of women working, um. I won't disagree with you that uh, that it, it seems to be encouraged for women to um, go out, seek a career. But I think that's for um, a specific reason, um, because financial independence is probably one of the most important things that a woman can have, um, uh, at least can have for part of her life um, before she starts a family uh, to kind of protect herself. Right. And having some expenses 
uh, put away because you never know what's going to happen. And you never know if you might have to enter, re-enter the workforce. Um, you never know if your husband is going to become disabled, if he's going to die, if something's going to happen to him, if uh, or even divorce, right? We don't know what's going to happen. So I think it is important for a woman to have practiced financial independence, been in the workforce at least for a little bit. So when something or if, when or if something happens, um, they are prepared to take care of themselves and take care of their children. Um, uh, but yeah, I won't, I won't disagree with you that, you know, it is kind of glamorized to be like a, a girl boss and, and, you know, but the, we go through, through these phases through everything, right? Um, uh, now we're seeing the stay at home girlfriend trend pick up on TikTok. So, you know, we'll see how far that goes, but, uh, yeah, that, that's kind of like my Expectation seems that. to be yeah. that you're either doing both things at the same time. So you're the, the girl boss and you're also raising kids and you're making a living or you're, you know, you're just the girl boss at the very least. And I think also socially, like um, financially, economically, things have changed to the point where it is very difficult for people to sustain and have um, a household where there is a single income household as well. So what you're saying about financial independence, that makes sense as well. But I think also it's not, you know, unless one person is making a significant amount of money, uh, for most people, it becomes almost like an impossibility, whereas it used to be somewhat possible to have, you know, a house and be able to afford a house and have kids and have that person stay at home. And our social system isn't really set up to have that. Part of that, though, is because we we do have to think about when women used to stay at home um, more frequently, that was unpaid labor still that they used to do, right? That it's still that's still labor that they were doing all the time. It's not like you're staying at home and not working. You are working. But um, but it was just labor that was undervalued and was never paid. And um, oftentimes women who did who had the ability to stay home actually had hired help. Right. They had hired um, a hired help to help them with um, housework or help with this or that. Right. So it's not that. Um, uh, so so it, I understand what you're saying about how how feasible is it for you to have a single income and have somebody who can stay at home and watch the kids and um, and really per- participate in that job full time. Um I do think that it is, uh, I think it's doable if somebody really does want to do it. Um, uh, but I think that, um, people are not expecting, there are going to be sacrifices that you make no, no matter what choice you make. Right. Uh, so you're, you're going to have to sacrifice something if you, if you choose to stay at home and make that your full-time job, or if you choose to go out into the workforce and, um, and, and work, uh, have, you know, domestic duties be secondary. Right. Um, but on average, still women, even who do work, um, on average, spend more time per week, uh, doing domestic work than their male counterparts and, and will on average take off more time for, uh, their children. So it's not, um, it's not like things have changed a whole lot. Right. Uh, and again, I would still point to historically and globally women have worked, have always worked, um, and women, uh, have make up just something sure like we, in agriculture. Just, just to be sure, we, I want to give you maybe yeah. 20 more seconds and then just to keep. Oh, sorry. 
no problem. Yeah, didn't mean to ramble. Uh, yeah, I mean, oh, a great example is agriculture globally. Women make a huge part of that, make up a huge part of that workforce, um, and uh, and historically always have. But only their labor was never counted as their own. It was counted as their husband's labor. But, you know, I think we are often trying to equalize, you know, and say, okay, we, we, we as women, we, we have to, you know, you mentioned uh, women do these household chores and things like that. But it's like we don't have to contribute in the exact same way, because, for example, I don't know how to fix a toilet leak. You know, I just don't. Some women do know how to fix a toilet leak, and that's awesome. I wish I could. Uh, I'm not good at that stuff. Some men are great at that stuff and I'll call them. And so I think I think it's more important to sort of focus on like people contributing more equally, maybe not in the same way, but contributing equally to the relationship. And then on top of it, I think it's more like ultimately it's between the two people and what they decide in their relationship is important for them. Because for me, I'm not like I'm more career focused personally. I'm not so family focused myself, but I don't think it's fair for us to kind of judge people. And I think socially it's become sort of unacceptable not to have uh, that perfect career, that perfect household. And there's that judgment as opposed to like letting people do what they want, which I think true sort of feminism should be about allowing people choices and allowing people, women, equality of that opportunity. And then, you know, women do what they can with it. So I think I I agree with you. I agree with you. I I, I have a question, please. Can we define what feminism means to us all? What does it mean to you, Stardust, Catherine, and, and Freely? What does feminism mean to you? Well, so I, um, I, I think that there are a lot of different flavors of feminism, and you can just see this, like with just the different today in twenty twenty. Yeah, you can just see you can just see that how how different even today in 2022, you can still see that feminism has so many different flavors of it that um, there are feminists who who will like um, vehemently disagree with each other and will will point at each other and be like, that's not the real feminist. I'm the real feminist. Right. Um, So I think um, for me, I think just fundamentally, when I think about feminism, I think about how did how did feminism start? And feminism to me started with um, actually valuing the work, the the unpaid and undervalued work that women did, whether that was at home or whether that was contributing to their husband's labor, um, uh, uh, um, advocating for uh, family rights, family leave, um, advocating for um, uh, an income for a woman who stayed at home, though it never came to fruition um, uh, quite the way that we wanted. Um, uh, you know, these are things where, where feminism actually was pro-family, um, and, and, and still is. Yeah. Uh, it's in my, in my, in my thoughts, uh, I think that feminism still I, I'm is. I'm so sorry that pro-family. I, I meant more so. Yeah. I, I, I agree with everything you said, but yeah. you're still talking about it in past tense. I'm talking, what do you think now when you hear someone call themselves a feminist, what is the well, first thing that yeah. So I think of like, tw- like Twitter, like loud Twitter, obnoxious people. Right. Um, but I think the average, I think 61% of women identify as feminists in America. And I think a large portion of the, that 61% probably doesn't identify with the person who's losing their mind on Twitter. <laughs> Fair enough. Twitter, yeah. Twitter like makes up 2% percent of like the population of everybody, you know? So yeah. you feel like are staying stable or do you feel like um more people are gradually or maybe rapidly going towards one side or the other 
wanting to uh, wanting to associate as a feminist and wanting not to maybe what do you what I think you- when you get when you get people on Twitter who are um who are acting like lunatics then I think people are not going to want to be associated with feminism and I don't blame anybody for that I I look at people like that and I think they're you know crazy so, so maybe perhaps uh, me social media is playing a huge role in what you maybe you yeah, believe. it's like a I personally think it's a small minority of people who make us look like lunatics. Um, and, and, uh, and I think on average, it, you know, I think the average feminist person who identifies with feminist is probably not identifying with the blue haired screaming SJW. Right. I think that personally I'm surrounded by several people that kind of are like that. So <laughs> I might disagree with you. I think that that's anecdotal. You know, yeah. for me, for me, anecdotally, I am, I am, you know, surrounded by that kind of stuff and it kind of drives yeah. me crazy. Um, but so am it's, I. Kind of, it's kind of more turned, turned me off of feminism. Yeah. So that, that's been a huge factor in my life, which is kind of why I ask, because I'm interested to see what everyone's unique experience with that is. My unique experience is the blue haired, screaming, radical feminist uh, in my family, in my friend circle at work. I'm surrounded by this. So I, I think I, feminism... I, has, I think feminism has completely changed. Like, I, I think the people, the feminism of 2022, like to me, feminism, and, and really I tend to prefer the word humanism when I describe myself is really because I, I believe in the equality of opportunity for people that everyone should have that equality of opportunity, not outcome, but of opportunity. And historically, uh, women and other groups haven't always had that and it's important to figure out ways and how to change structures so that we yeah. do have that I but feel the way- embarrassed now to call myself a feminist <laughs> yeah I, I mean I, 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 yeah I, I personally I refuse to let other people run away with the label um I I think I you know my I grew up with um my mom was a feminist always like raised me with feminist ideals things like that but it wasn't like the type of person she was never the type of person to get offended over tiny things you know um uh, same thing with tiny. most of my friends you know most of my friends were um feminists but like when it came to things that people freak out about on twitter it's like really do you really care about that there are bigger things in the world right but now it's not so. just twitter yeah. and this is the yeah, i don't even have a twitter so i don't know what you're talking about personally well, i think it's institutions so honestly yeah, because to me, the troubling part is the institutions, because what I'm seeing is what what sort of this new wave of feminism has become is um, this idea of uh, and, and this is what uh, Freely Ashley has kind of uh alluded to is this kind of a victimhood status or the status of of like wanting these extra privileges or rights and that has really bothered me because it creates these like inequalities that i you know because everything to me feminism is really about equality at least equality of opportunity and um and to me, these um, this kind of new breed um, creates inequalities. It create it breeds resentment. It creates tension between men and other groups, and it also creates 
uh, breeds sort of this uh, insecurity amongst women. Because if, for example, if you're hiring women and you're hiring women as a quota and you're saying, well, let's hire X number of women because we want to increase the number of women on our staff and you're not hiring them based on just merit, right? Um, you might have hired actually like an excellent candidate who happens to be a woman, but that candidate now doesn't know if you've hired that person based on their, you know, brilliance and their ability and their skill, or you hired them based on the fact that they, you know, have, you know, the, they're a woman, well, their, their identity. Well, exactly. And it should. We haven't heard from Ashley, uh, I should say freely, <laughs> Ashley, from her, it looks like um, you have somebody to say freely, Ashley. Yeah. So, yeah. And the problem, the problem with that too, is, you know, you need to hire the best candidate for the job in that example. And if it's a woman, great, but it might not be. Um, and just the fact that if you're, if you're having, if a, if a company is having to fill a quota, you're going to get people in there who aren't going to be able to do the job to uh, the capacity that maybe somebody else would. Um, and that's just regardless of gender, that's just capability and and drive and all of that. And I think there's this, this push, this heavy, heavy push to get women um, up into these like higher levels, uh, you know, like, a, like CEO status, when a lot of women don't want the, all of the responsibility that comes with that. It comes with a lot of stress and responsibility. You're working crazy hours. Your entire life is devoted to your job. Many women just don't, don't want that. And I think feminism should be about solely choice. Um, and we shouldn't be encouraging something to the detriment of something else. You know, we shouldn't be pushing career over family orientation. We shouldn't be, um, I, I, I think that there is this idea that, you know, we should tell women that their their career is what fulfills them in life when I don't I don't think that's the case at all. I think your personal life, your family life, your relationships are what is truly fulfilling. And your career is something that like obviously you need. I do think women should be in the workplace. Um, I'm a stay at home mom and I work freelance. Uh, so I have two different freelance jobs that I also do. Um, which is stressful and a juggle and, and all of that. And I do have to make sacrifices. Um, like Stardust said, everybody has sacrifices, obviously. And um, but to me, that's more worth it that I, I get to be home with my kids and I get to uh, contribute to my household. And, you know, sorry, I'm trying to kind of touch on a lot of points that I heard uh, brought up. But um, uh, and, and when it comes to like domestic duties and, and all of that, I, I really liked what Catherine said, where there's this balance and there should be a balance between men and women within their household, uh, because like she said, you know, like my husband's a mechanic. And he does all of the lawn care. He does all of, you know, he fixes all of our cars and, and he does all of that sort of stuff that I could never do. And I don't want to do. I'm not interested in learning how to change a tire. I really am not. I would, I would um, <laughs> much rather have him uh, be able to do those types of things, things that, you know, require more strength and, and all of that, that I just don't have the capabilities of. And so I think that's what's really important is we complement one another. Um, you know, women don't have to do all of one thing and men don't have to do all of the other. Like my husband does dishes and he cleans. You know, um, I think we have a much more modernized version of of the like gender roles, I guess you would say, but we still have certain gender roles within our household. So um, the first thing I'm going to say is that I don't think that the trend of women trying to be girl bosses has anything to do with feminism. 
Um, I think we want to tie that to feminism, but I don't think it is. Like, just like any trend within women is not necessarily tied to feminism just because um, feminism advocated for women's rights to uh, be able to work and be able to be mobile within uh, within society, right? Just because feminism advocated for us to have that mobility doesn't mean that it being a girl boss being in is uh, necessarily tied to feminism. I think that's just another social trend. Just like there are tons of social trends, just like there are tons of social trends that are picked up by women and spread by women. Do we think that, do we think that like, um, do we think that inherently like the supermodel um, physique uh, from the nineties was inherently a feminist thing? I don't think so. It was just something that, that was a trend amongst women. Um, uh, The the second thing I would say, um, actually, I don't know where I I forgot what my second point was. Don't, mind. I had a, well, to, to, Piggyback off what you said, but I actually do want to hear more from Stardust. What do you think it's tied to if you don't think that that's tied to I think to it's women? just another the social trend. What would that I think it's just, I think it's just another social trend. It's just like any other social trend. Well, being a girl boss, social I don't think there's anything. Sorry, Ashley, go ahead. Uh, no, I'm just saying, like, I get a social trend. That's just an umbrella term, but... You don't you don't see any association with it whatsoever with with modern feminism people want to tie people want to tie it uh to you know to feminism but and people like to feel empowered sure but i don't think it's inherently tied to feminism well it's it's an expectation of being successful right and i think girl boss is part of that but i think men have feminism has to do with being successful i think feminism is inherently um uh talking about how women have been through like historical lens women have historically kind of been um put in a secondary status uh to uh, as opposed to their male counterparts historically and 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 wait a minute wait a minute Wait a minute, I'm not finished. Um, so women have historically been in a secondary position to men. Um, and uh, feminism's uh, kind of um, goal was to maybe take women out of that secondary status and allow women the mobility uh, that men have to to go where they feel like they want to go, um, but not push people in a certain way. I don't think women should be forced to work if they don't want to work. I don't think women should be forced to not have kids if they want to have kids. I think having kids is great. Um, yeah, but that's the traditional. So, but that's the purest uh, definition of feminism. That's sort of the feminism. But that's the um, fundamental that's, part of feminism. Is, is that women are is. the secondary. Just, that is too, well, just to be sure, there's too much interrupting. Okay, we'll give you a chance to finish Stardust, and then we'll kick it right over to, I think it was Catherine, you were responding, and then we'll come over to you, Ashley. I think one of the things that, if it sounds like Ashley's interrupting, it's just because her, her Zoom is on, it's like a one or two second delay. So Ashley uh, S. is not interrupting. She's just, it's because it's delayed, sometimes she's jumping in when somebody else has already started talking. So go ahead, Stardust, and then we'll kick over to Catherine and then Ashley S., and then Ashley, freely Ashley. Yeah. So um, again, I, I would say that um, these other things that we're tacking on, that sure, there are different flavors of feminism, but fundamentally, when we talk about feminism, we're talking about looking at how women... Um, how women's uh, mobility has been restricted historically because of um, how they are viewed in comparison to their male counterparts. I think that women should have that mobility, and I think that is a fundamental part. It, it honestly it is the fundamental part of feminism itself. Now, all these other things that are coming with all these different waves of feminism, we can have our critiques of them. I certainly have my critiques, um, but uh, uh, I think that feminism itself 
um, is still what is still that fundamental part. It is still that fundamental Let's... definition where we're looking at, you know, wanting to increase women's ability to be, you know, have mobility and, and uh, go where they want to go. Let's kick it. Gory. Catherine? Yeah. So I, I, I don't think we disagree on that because I think mm -hmm. if we're looking at the classic uh, sort of definition of feminism and the goals of that, I, I, I doubt that anybody on this panel really would disagree with that and, and the desire of allowing women to make these choices, right? Whether it's being a mother or it's being having a career, uh, like me and, and Freely Ashley have probably very different things that we want out of life. Like I do value career. I'm very ambitious. Um, and, and that brings a very specific value to my life. Um, and uh, Freely Ashley might have a different thing that brings value to her life, which is maybe a combination of family and, and, and career. And so um, I think it's, you're right, it's about mobility and choice. But I think in, the ter in, in terms of the topic today, it's like, wh what is it turning into? Because I don't think the things that people, that women are chasing today in this, in, and they're calling it feminism are necessarily the same things that women were fighting for back in the day, which was like the classic definition of feminism. Because in the classic definition of feminism, I'm 100% a feminist but in today's what people are asking for today i i see a lot of problems with that and it sounds like you have criticisms of that as well i, I do uh yeah sorry yes. Go ahead. um i just have so much to unpack here basically my i agree with a lot of what stardust says but i disagree with most of what she says and i hate that i'm so sorry i don't want this to be like a gang up on stardust panel it's all good Oh, thank you. I just have to say how I really feel, though, is like, I think that I think that feminism no longer exists. I don't think that women want equality. I think they want fucking superiority. And I think this is bullshit. I don't think that we can sit here and say feminism as the 1960s definition. That's just not what it is. And I and I agree exactly, Catherine, with what you said. You're very correct where you say that inherently or at, at the core of what feminism is, was originally intended to be and the same thing you said, Stardust. I agree with you. All, all I don't think any of us would. I kind of like what you say, Catherine, about humanism, you know? just being a, a, a you know being all about humanity but I, I just think that we're I think that we're dancing around the subject or, or just just it's bullshit to say that modern feminism what does feminism mean to you well yeah it's it, it should mean what it meant in 1960 but that's not what it means anymore now it, I and again I say it has become the radical screaming wearing a vagina hat you know marching around with your tits hanging out screaming at men, um, just hating on everybody and feeling like you're superior. You know, there's trends going on with dating. Women are having guys come take them out. They're having them pay for them, their friends, their family. They're fucking, they're on OnlyFans making that fucking money. I, I th this is just bullshit. I just think, I just, I, I respect it. Stardust, I'm sorry, but it's no, just it's very fine. hard. So I, I want to say that I, I, I think that Again, we're doing this thing where we are tying um, social trends to a movement where they are not necessarily tied to that movement. I think. Wait a minute. I, I think that. I think that. Um, I think uh, as a whole, we can look at at like um, uh, at feminism, um, and we can look at like these specific um, people that we're talking about. But on a global scale, again, there's still uh, feminism as it was in the '60s and '70s 
on a global scale is still very relevant. There are still women who go are to we, the farm in other countries. I mean, there are still women who go to the farms in India with their with their husbands, and their labor okay. on that farm still does not get counted as part of their own you. labor. They're, that count that labor is counted as their husband's labor. Um, uh, the, the feminism as its original um, uh, definition is still very relevant today, and it's still relevant, maybe not in the same way with rights uh, and with, with legality in, in the Western world, but from a social aspect, 100%, I think there are still ways that women are demonized socially, um, just like there are ways that men are demonized socially. Um, and uh, and I think that, um, uh, you know, it, it, like part of, part of feminism also was to help liberate men too from the things that were restricting them. Um, uh, so I, I don't disagree with you that there, you know, I have problems with people taking advantage of anybody um, when it comes to dating, right? That I think that's not feminism. I think it's just you being a scumbag, right? If you're taking advantage of a guy who's taking you out, taking you to dinner and getting him to pay for all of your friends, you're not being a feminist. You're being a scumbag. Let's kick it over to Ashley. I'll also give you a chance to respond. I know that you have a burning response, but I do want to give Ashley a freely Ashley a chance in case you had anything you wanted to add or you haven't heard from you for a while. Freely Ashley. Yeah, I think it does a, a disservice to like our society to ignore the the glaring obviousness that feminism isn't what Stardust is, 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 you know, the roots of feminism is what she's describing. And it's not that anymore. It is, um, in my opinion, quite radical. It is all about um, basically propelling women upwards without wanting to really do the work behind it in a lot of cases um, and without wanting to make a lot of sacrifices. And it's not, there's a lot of intersectionality within feminism. And I don't think you can call certain parts of this like, oh, this is just a social trend. No, this is a perhaps a social trend, yes, but it is propelled forward under the guise of feminism and by people who call themselves feminists. And it's not inclusive to women like me, like pro-life women. I am demonized all the time. I'm constantly told how I hate women because I'm pro-life when in actuality, I want to support women and let them know that they're capable and do whatever I can in order to support those women. Um, and I think that's ask. a, go ahead. Give you a chance to finish. Uh, thanks. I was going to say, I was going to kick it over to you, Ashley S, but at freely Ashley, in case you had anything, I didn't want to interrupt you too early. If you had no, anything. You're fine. Okay. Ashley no, S, fine. go for it. Let her rip. I can understand exactly what Stardust is saying, but I, I think it feels like a form of word salad. I think that to say that it's like, well, socially this and socially that, are we getting the Webster's Dictionary out here? I think if we're being realistic with each other and we're talking about what's actually, well, I think so. If we're talking about what's actually going on right now and today and what this topic is actually about, I think that you could, you could use an umbrella statement to say that everything is a social construct or that everybody puts a spin on this or on that. There's no actual definition of what this is or what this is, I think, in the context of this debate. I think the whole reason that people are here talking about it or debating it is because it is not obviously what it is intended to be. Because if, if it was, we wouldn't be fucking talking about it right now. That was the end of what I wanted to say. I think I, I think we'll have a very... One... Sorry, Stardust. I will, I will actually go a little bit to Stardust's side of, on this. Um... And that is, you know, you pointed out that um, there are places around the world where women do not have these rights yet. And that I think that is something that is often missing from the conversation in general. And I think that's something that 
um, in, in a lot of uh, conversations about different kinds of rights, including, say, LGBTQ and all that kind of stuff, too. Um, I think, you know, in North America, I think we're, you know, we're not perfect, but we're doing a lot better constantly. And um, a lot of these organizations that sort of exist and including, let's say with feminism, like I'm surprised that a lot of these organizations um, don't go into these other countries where, and try to sort of help support the women who are actually struggling because there's a lot of issues um, that are, you know, by the old definition of feminism are affected. And so, um, so, and, and in terms of in sort of North America, I mean, it's not like we've solved everything. Um, I mean, with CEO positions and things like that, um, yes, there are women who do not, want to be CEOs, uh, or maybe, you know, they have families and so they miss out on that, or maybe they want to run charities and things like that. So, so it's a different temperament, but there are women who do, and, um, they don't always get to, you know, to sort of be promoted. There are sort of clubs and connections and things like that, that have formed over many years. And if you don't golf with the right guys, you kind of don't get into that and you don't get promoted. So there are issues and those are complex and nuanced. And how do you solve that? But again, it sort of comes back to me to that equality of opportunity. How do you establish that equality of opportunity? Um, I'll throw it back to you, um, Stardust. Yeah. So uh, I guess I want to um, start off by saying, um, you know, a lot of things were said in the in the past, uh, however many minutes it's been. But I think I want to kind of hone in on on a certain area. It seems like um, we are we are picking apart. We're picking certain things that women do um, that we don't like and attributing it to feminism. So, for example, Ashley brought up the example of somebody um, getting a man to pay for them and their friends. uh, when they go out on a date or something like that. How is that in any way related to feminism? How is that feminism? Okay, if anything, I'd say it's the opposite. Are you actually but... wanting an answer? I didn't know. Yeah. If you, I honestly didn't know. Um, how is that related? I think that it's related because I think that it's a movement. How is anything related to feminism back when how, we were How is that me? specific I, example related to feminism? Hear, just hear from Ash, yes. <laughs> I'm trying to answer you because, because I think that what feminism has been warped into and let's be very clear that we're talking about north america again i'm specifically talking about the united states of america and anecdotally my experiences right i think that for us how that's twisted is that it's become an attitude it's become like you said you want to say you want to say that it's socially it's some kind of social movement rather than you want to say that it's actually feminism. And that's why I brought up the thing about, are we, you know, yes, I was being sarcastic, but are we looking at the Webster's di- dictionary definition of what feminism is? And the reason I say that start is because I do not believe that socially, which is one of the most important things as human beings, right? Everything is social. Everything is our experience around us in the world. And what most of us in my, in my little version here of the United States of America are seeing what I'm personally seeing is that this new wave of feminism is not the true definition of what it used you still to have be. To answer my That's question. Why, that is why I don't. I'm 
just like you, I can be a little long-winded sometimes, stand by. I think that it's not, I think that what it has to do with now is that it's changing this new wave of feminists into man-haters. I do. I think that it is changing a lot of women into what I said earlier, which is but they that specific want example. I can answer they that. Want yeah, the <laughs> specific example that you brought up, how is I'm that related to feminism? There. You're because not getting want... there. You're not getting there at all. What are you well, talking about? The, the, women, the way that the women justify it, the way that the women justify it, is that we've got to take it's like we got to take hours that's kind of how they talk about it right that's okay the but way wouldn't feminists wouldn't feminists uh, in, con- in, in I, I would i would push back on that i wouldn't feminists say that you know it's not necessarily uh the man's responsibility to pay for a woman um uh, real feminists a, would, a real feminist push, push push back on split that. the bill right <laughs> yeah real, well real feminists or whatever you want to call them that's why i wouldn't call that a woman getting a man to pay for her and her friends necessarily something that's a result of feminism i'm sorry i just don't I, see it. if anything if anything i would say that that's more traditional that's more trad based that's more trad thinking if anything let's kick it over to ashley yes for okay. a chance and then we'll go to freely ashley so ashley yes will give you a quick response and then ash freely ashley up. The reason also, that if you want to take this only to on. North America, that's fine. Ashley, but yes. yeah, I think, well, I, that's why I wanted us to all define kind of what we were getting at in the first place, because in my mind coming into this debate, I'm speaking about my opinion on feminism and I'm speaking of that opinion anecdotally. I live in the United States of America. I'm sorry. Let me address the actual question you wanted me to get to the point of. The point is, is that it's an attitude, just like you said, a social movement. I agree with you on that. But I don't social trend, not a movement. Okay, well, then I disagree with you on that. I think it's a social movement. So this new social movement, this new wave of feminism, I think is affecting the attitudes of most women. Who are the most women that are out there dating and going on these dating apps? And the stories that I was referring to, they're between the ages of 18 and 25. And they are part of this social movement, this new third, fourth wave of feminism, in my humble opinion. And that's how it is completely relatable. It's an attitude of superiority. Men aren't shit. Money, money, money. I'm going to get what I want out of them. And there's no fucking repercussions because pussy rules the world. That's that not, has nothing to do with feminism. That's just entitled young people thinking they're entitled to anything. Freely Ashley, what have you well, got? Okay, men think they're entitled Hold to pussy all the time. Does that Ashley. mean it's it's like anti-feminism? No. Well, so what? So what? But okay. So there is an women have, and I agree with Ashley, um, where women are are adopting this air of superiority. So they expect men to specifically cater to them at all times. The man has to go along with whatever they say, or else it's you know. It's a it's a hit the highway type of thing. Like if anything comes up, then then the woman is like, well, you're not worthy. And well, okay, but it has been created in part by corrupted feminism, and you have to acknowledge that you you just Um, you really do because there's this there's such a negative air that feminists have, and it's a constant it's a constant. You have to go along with us or you're against us. It doesn't even matter if you're actually a woman too. Like I said, it's it's. It's this this entitlement that is running feminism into the ground and, and I, destroying I it. I, yeah, I, mean, I would ask. I would ask a couple of things, right? So, like, so no, one we need a quick changes. response, Stardust, and then I want to go over yeah. to Catherine, and then we've got to go to a question that we got pulled from the audience. So go ahead, Stardust. One thing I would say, yeah, one thing I would say in in response to that is that um, 
in some parts, some people may justify those actions with feminism, but that is not something that's inherently tied to feminism. I think that's entitled people who are young who think they're entitled to things. Men do the same thing when they're young and they're arrogant. They think that they're entitled to a woman's body just because um, because of whatever. Right. Um, same sort of thing. Um, men and women both do it. We're both um, susceptible to the, to the arrogance of youth. And um, I don't think that it's accurate to paint that as something that's inherently tied to feminism. Um, what I would say is that, um, if it anything, it, it, sorry, uh, I'll just end there. We'll kick it over to Catherine, and then we got to go to that polled question as the audience has voted. Folks, we have a new feature where we basically poll the audience on what topic they most want to hear our guests discuss before the Q&A. But go ahead, Catherine, before we get to that. All right. Well, I think what's happening in general is that we have this corruption of language and we have this corruption of ideology. And one of the, the these words is is, you know, just like liberalism is sort of corrupted that as a word. Um, I find that, you know, uh, feminism is. And so I feel stardust that you're holding on to this purest definition of feminism, which is great. I mean, I'd love to hold on to it, too. But the reality is for most people today, uh, for sort of especially sort of this new generation, the ideology of it has shifted the call. And I think it is important to sort of recognize culture. You, you're holding on to this um, pure as definition and we can't really have a full conversation about it because that's not how people are behaving now. And it's Just not- Just because people, people are tacking are. things on onto it though, doesn't mean that it makes it accurate. But right? these systems are changing, right? It's like yeah, but what, how, okay, what organization, what system, what what organization, what laws? Who has who has um, come out and said that men should always pay for women um, in these social situations? For example, quota systems are are clear. Yeah, quotas have nothing to do with somebody on a date being being an asshole. No, right? but for example, quota systems, right, in institutions where women, for example, get hired. You know, we have to have this number of women uh, for this job, right? So literally affirmative action for women that is an, an example of an institutionalized way of approaching which is different right gotta I, jump into this basically it's a new feature folks if you didn't get to vote on the poll we usually put this in the live chat early in the debate wanted to ask the audience what subtopic they most wanted to hear discussed tonight uh the topics or the questions the subtopics that they had to choose from were one whether or not there's a double standard in dating in terms of the amount of partners that you've had sex with as well as Divorce women, double standards compared to divorced men, and whether or not OnlyFans empowers women, and that was actually the winner. So, whether or not OnlyFans empowers women or the feminist movement, would love to hear from all of you. We'll start with Freely Ashley. All righty. Um, I do not think that OnlyFans empowers women. I think it hurts women above all else. Um, it also, not only does it you're self self objectifying yourself. You know, women for so long have been said, I'm I'm not an object for you to gawk at. And now they're making themselves an object to gawk at. And the premise is that they will benefit uh, monetarily. But even if you're benefiting monetarily, are you actually benefiting as a person? Are you enriching your life with OnlyFans? Are you, um, you know, learning any actual skills? In my opinion, no. Perhaps you could make the argument marketing, but uh, I don't really think so. I think it's fairly easy to go on OnlyFans and um, partake in those activities. But 
It also leaves a huge door open for more exploitation because uh, just of, of, of bad people doing bad things. And, you know, there's um, there's a, a really big problem with sex, sex trafficking. And I would imagine that there are probably girls who are on OnlyFans who are not there willingly. I think there's also a lot of pressure from boyfriends, from spouses to have this easy moneymaker as well. We'll kick it over to Stardust. Yeah. So I, again, I'm, um, I think I diverge with a lot of my peers on this. Um, I think that porn and I think sex work in general, um, is inherently like super exploitative, um, super, um, dangerous, uh, and very harmful to a lot of women. Um, and I think, uh, I think it doesn't mean that I don't think there, there could be a future in which, um, in which sex work could be practiced by people who are engaging in it in a healthy way. I just think when we reach that future where the only people who are engaging in sex work are people who are engaging it fully, fully of their own, um, of their own choosing and fully in a healthy way, the amount of people engaging in sex work would be astronomically low. It would be such a small group of people that would be doing it. Um, but right now, I think um, I think a lot of people are either coerced or forced into sex work. A lot of people um, are are pressured into it, and I don't think that's healthy. And I don't think um, I don't think it's uh, good for people. You'll even see ex porn stars who come out from the industry and talk about how um, uh, how horrible the industry was to them. So. Ashley, yes. Whether or not OnlyFans empowers women, what are your thoughts? Okay, so contrary to what I said earlier, was OnlyFans make that money, girl? I am not all about, I'm just, I preface what I'm about to say with this. I'm not all about women taking advantage and having that mindset of men are nothing but a wallet to me. However, I'm pro sex work. I'm pro all of it. I think, I think that anybody should have the right to do what they want. I agree. Yes, that there are, I know that it's complicated. It's very complicated, but I've debated on this topic before. And my stance is it's sex, drugs, and rock and roll. It's not going anywhere. I think that if we legalize it and we let people choose to do it, just like with legalizing marijuana, just like after prohibition with legalizing alcohol again, like it's going to, I, in my opinion, overall, it's going to be safer and we're going to be able to control it better and keep people more safe than we could otherwise. Just like making anything black market or underground um, basically just makes it more dangerous for those people because just like making abortion illegal is make, makes it more dangerous for those women that are going to go ahead and get one anyways, back alley abortions. I think that kind of, I know it's off topic, but in my opinion, that kind of goes hand in hand. So pro sex work. If you want to get on there and shake your titties, girl, get it. Catherine, what do you think has only fans empowered women? Yeah, I, I am uh, more aligned with Ashley XOXO on this for very similar reasons as she's mentioned. But I also would say it, it also depends on the person and the personal impact that it has on them. Some people can handle it just fine and some people it has a, a strong emotional toll on them. And uh, but I think on the on the positive side, it might stop them from doing more dangerous sex work, uh, you know, going on the streets or, or seeing clients in person. So it might actually make them more safe. Um, and it also depends to me if it if they're doing it on their own free will and their own cho free choice or they're being coerced, you know, by their boyfriends or or other people. So it, it sort of depends. But uh, if they can be kept more safe that way and it's a free choice, and I think it's better than the alternative of banning it and having it go underground. 
you got uh, so it. if I can just add, I, I, I tend to agree with you guys on what you're saying about um, I think legalization is the way to go with it. Um, uh, even if I if I socially think that um, most people and we know by by data globally that most people are either coerced or forced into it. But I would say that something is that I found really interesting is um, is Ashley, you were just critiquing um, the girl boss mentality and associating that with feminism. And now you're totally fine with like, go out there, uh, get out there, shake your titties. So aren't you part of I the think, problem? I think, you, I think you missed the what I prefaced what I said with. <laughs> yeah. So what I prefaced it with was even though just like you just said, but I said it in my own way that maybe socially or personally on a on a personal level. I'm but you're still contributing to that girl boss mentality. I disagree with you. I don't think I am. I think that I'm a very sarcastic person when I said, get it, girl, go out there and shake them titties. What I'm saying is I believe in freedom of choice. I am also pro-choice. Does that make me not feminist? No, I mean, uh, me I'm not, just saying, uh, you know what I'm saying? I, I think I think it's one thing to have a yeah you can have a critique of the girl boss mentality and still but but I think you're you're you you say it's sarcastic but you're saying that you know go out there shake your titties whatever um get that money which is fine but then how much can you really critique the girl boss mentality if you if you can't hold yourself to the same standards that you hold other people to Okay. I, I, I want to do something a little different here and I might be completely wrong with this. Um, I can't obviously talk to the audience or James cause he's neutral, uh, freely Ashley and Catherine did, did you understand what I meant by what I said when I kind of prefaced it the way I said it, even if you might, might not socially agree with it and it's okay. It's like appealing to, yeah. Okay. I took it as a jokey thing. I love it. Uh-huh. Shake, I your, love it. shake your, I mean, like I personally don't think that, uh, for example, that it's like necessarily a, a, a healthy, wonderful thing as, as a job, but, but that's not my choice to make. Right. So, and, and it's safer. And so I leave it to other people to make that choice. And same with the girl boss, you know, you do what you want to do. I don't even think girl being a girl boss is bad. So being just, a girl boss is bad, but I, I think that, um, I think it's just the overall attitude that is coming yeah. with it. I'm not the one that even brought up girl boss. So I don't, I, don't I mean, there's, know. there's boy bosses too. So we've got another question. <laughs> I mean, I think, okay. Well, this was it for you. Go ahead. Freely ask you. We haven't heard from you much. Go ahead. Um, I, I was just going to say, I think the girl boss mentality in and of itself is kind of harmful. Um, it like trivializes the accomplishments and progress that men, women actually make to, to call a, a strong woman who, um, is really successful and high powered, a girl boss, I find that diminishing and demeaning personally. Um, and I, I don't think it should like, if, if she is a CEO, she, she's not a girl boss. She's the CEO, you know, it should be equal. Like we don't, I don't call, I've never heard the term boy boss. And I think that's I what you're as saying. Well. Yeah. I agree with you. That's why I think that, uh, attributing girl boss mentality to feminism is kind of like, is kind of, I don't know. I feel like it's cheapening feminism. I don't, I don't really like that attribution. Again, I didn't. I'm not going to wrap it up. We'll jump. If if a person calls themselves that versus like other people calling you, I just don't associate girl boss mentality with feminism. I just don't see. And I don't associate 1960s definition of feminism with 2022's definition. It's not. If you don't think that it's still, if you don't think that that's that original definition is is still not uh, relevant, then that's fine. But then that that would expose you to having a very skewed view, right? So. It's not question. Go ahead. I'll give you a chance to respond, Catherine or Ashley. Really short and pithy because Starla can't I, help herself. 
It's okay. We can move on. Next one. This one is from our polled audience questions. Thanks, everybody in the audience. I want to remind you, our guests are linked in the description. You can hear more of their views, including Stardust, Ashley S., Catherine, and Freely. Ashley, if you want to hear more, click on their links below. What are you waiting for, folks? This one coming in from... Was that a hand? Do you want to say something freely, Ashley, or is you just was it a stretch? Oh, I was just it was a hair, okay, hair thing. This question, <laughs> this one coming in, they uh, basically the second most voted topic was whether or not there's a double standard in dating. In particular, the amount of sex partners that someone has, is there a double standard based on sex, or alternatively, as some have argued, is it that? People aren't discriminating. In other words, they're not being unfair to women in virtue of them being women and being sexually active, but more they're discriminating based on who people are having sex with, namely because men are pretty easy to have sex with, but women are much more picky. And so some people might argue that it's not that they're picking on women for being sexually active. It's that they're picking on women for being sexually active with men who are so easy. It's kind of like dragging your tongue on the railing on the escalator at the airport. It's kind of like, ugh. But women are not you know, considered much more that difficult. that perspective. <laughs> wow. Huh? I said I haven't considered that perspective. That's that's interesting. Okay. Some have argued <laughs> though that women, by con- contrast, are much more difficult to get like in bed, and so that's why men are more admired for having so many more sexual partners. What do you well, think? I actually think. I actually think. Uh, <laughs> I actually think. Encouraging women to uh, have hookups more, to have casual sex more, to treat sex as if it is truly meaningless and and it's an arbitrary thing. I think that is um, benefiting men in that our strength in that area is our pickiness. And, you know, um, I, I'm not one for purity culture by any means, but I think that everyone should be much more selective with who they are partaking in that activity with. It comes with a lot of responsibilities, um, not only just on an emotional level for women, where whereas men don't typically have that strong emotional connection, but women do. Um, it's a it's a bonding experience. And not only that, it can create a whole nother human being. And that's a huge responsibility to partake in as well. So I don't think that anyone should, uh, should be having as much casual indiscriminate sex and one night stands and hookups just as a, a standard of um, I don't know, I guess like worth of, of yourself and your body and, and um, trying to reserve that for somebody who is worthy of it. So I think that um, while I allow, I think anybody should have the choice to do whatever they want. Um, I do sort of tend to agree that in general, I think it doesn't serve us so much to have sort of indiscriminate, casual, you know, to treat it in in this kind of casual way. However, I do think there is a double standard, although there was an interesting point that was made that you you read out uh, so that I haven't considered. But I do think there is a double standard because I don't think that point is generally considered. Um, I thought that was 
thoughtful point, but I don't think most people consider it. I think, and when somebody like um, Andrew Tate or somebody like that talks about it, you know, he's totally fine with having, you know, whatever, 400 plus uh, women hookups. And uh, he does not value women who would have had um, similar numbers or even dramatically smaller numbers. I, I do think that's a, an absolute double standards. That said, I think socially it makes sense to have as a feminist or as a humanist, I think everyone should have uh, ideally values where people should seek to have better connection, better bonds, and it would probably serve them better sexually as well. But it is their choice. Thank you very much. And Ashley S., what are your thoughts? Um, I Well, I mean, I agree that double standards exist. I don't agree that they happen for a reason. I think that that's just... A load of horse shit. I, I don't think it's okay. I just have to address and I like you freely. I like a lot of things, but I did watch your content. I disagree, you know, I disagree with you on a lot of things too. I think that pair bonding is a load of fucking horse shit. That is just not true. That's not true. Oxytocin levels, women bond and men don't vomit. Just well, what you said alludes to pair bonding, in my opinion. And I'll let you I'll I'll say this and then obviously you can say your thing too, but what you said is that women tend to bond more so than men do. I mean, those were your words. I heard them, which has triggered the vomit response. Yeah, this and is the question. So the double standards. I think that men believe that having women that have a lot of sex with a lot of men are unable. This is a huge part of why there's such a, a stigma on women having more sex with men than men having more sex with women. I think that using the thing that, well, women can just have sex with anyone. He can go out in the back alley. Right. The 500 pound lady can go out in the back alley, bend over and 10 guys from the bar will go fuck her freely like that whole thing. That's kind of true. Right. That's based. I get what he's saying with that. But I don't think that that means that if that that overweight woman that's bending over in the alley were to fall in love with somebody that should be unable to connect with them. And I think that this is something that men who don't like or they can't cope with or their insecurity doesn't allow them to deal with the fact that a woman has had many sexual partners i think that that's something that they use and that they say and i think that that's harmful and irrelevant and incorrect information and scientifically the oxytocin level pair bonding thing is just such horseshit and i'm and i'm not saying you use the word pair bonding but you did say that this? and that's how it relates i'm done Stardust, I don't think you responded. Thoughts? And then we'll jump into the Q&A. Oh, we can't hear you. Oh, yeah, I muted you earlier. <laughs> All right, you're unmuted. I, I asked you to unmute. I just clicked the... There you go. No, I accidentally did it again. Sorry about that. That was on accident. There you go. Uh, okay, hi. Um, so, uh, yeah, sorry. I, I just like arguing so much. Um, I... <laughs> And I, I can Fine. get very abrasive sometimes. Um, but uh, I, I have a lot of masculine energy, they might say. Um, so, uh, so um, I That's guess as sexist. far as this, Yeah, well, I mean, you know, it is what I it like is. It. But, um, but uh, um, yeah, uh, as far as this whole thing, I'm a very, I'm a big proponent of individual liberty. And um, I think that women should be able to make their own choices in um, their own sex lives. My only um, suggestion would be to younger women is I always advise younger women younger than, uh, I always advise women younger than me, practice saying no, practice telling people no and not needing to, a reason to justify no. Also, um, also, you know, as women, you need to, um, you know, we are just inherently um, like 
biologically speaking, we are on average less strong than men. It's it's important to protect yourself. So have fun if you would like to. Just consider the risks. Be very, um, very cautious with your own feelings. Be honest with your own feelings. Um, if you don't want to partake in hookup culture, you don't have to. That's totally fine. Um, and... Uh, and then finally, I would say, um, you know, men like to complain about being friend zoned. How about all the women who are fuck zoned? Can we talk about that? Can we talk about how many times women get put in the fuck zone where dudes will continue to sleep with one person without ever having the intention of dating them? But it's a big deal if a woman puts a man in, in the friend zone. But we don't want to talk well, about the fuck zone. Women allow that, though. Yeah, but men, men allow it, too. Right. Men allow being put into the friend zone. No. No, you can't. A man can't control if a woman friend zones him, but a woman can certainly control if a man can walk away from that friendship if he feels like that friendship is not going where he wants it to be. Yeah, you can. True. Yeah. He doesn't don't put yourself through, like men don't put yourself through that. Like if you think that you, this um, that she's clearly made it clear that she's not interested in you and this is just a friend relationship time for you to walk away if you're too attached to her. I've put a no, lot of men in the friend zone. Let's jump into the next one. Do, do appreciate your question. This one coming in from Deej. He says, An overwhelming majority of studies have found as women's rights have increased and after second and third wave feminism, women's self-reported happiness has decreased. How do you explain this? And then says sources Vox, Seal, and Guardian. Although I can say that there, I, I read this. There's a paper about this. Uh, I read this is actually yeah. This is inaccurate. So so there's the the actual data on this is uh, contradicts this. Um, the stats showing that women are less happy is from 2008. There are now stats uh, um, based on uh, 2015 data that show that. Um, uh, women are now on par or exceeding men in happiness. Yeah, I would also yeah. be curious to know what the numbers would be would have been for for men and if they've gone up or down and cuz I know that with men they have very high suicide rates and they, a lot of issues as well. So it might be just I think as a society in general there's a lot of things going on outside of that that may have been contributing factors as well. I mean the dissolution of communities and and social factors like a lot of things are going on so I think a lot of times with these studies it's just uh, that's what your piece of paper says. <laughs> okay. Any other thoughts? I, I just said the data is inaccurate and that woman, as of 2015 data, shows that women are on par or exceeding men in happiness. Just, uh, I, I think, doesn't it also show that um, although that women are like more happy, I guess I would say, um, it, we have more stress as well. They feel more stress. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know about that being shown in the data that uh, that I saw, um, but I do know that um, there's data showing that stay-at-home mothers in America are more likely to be depressed and be um, financially insecure. All these other things. So well, that's an, yeah. I would argue that's an isolation problem as well. It's not and a societal problem because uh, stay-at-home moms are. It's interesting to me. Stay-at-home moms are actually like more. I don't know, demeaned or degraded for being stay-at-home moms, and they're um, they shouldn't put be. Down I, I think that I think that the the work that you choose to do as a homemaker is still valuable work. But I think um, I don't think that feminism is necessarily anti-homemaker. I do think that society as a whole is anti-homemaker. So. Yes. <laughs> Ash, Ash, I think you had a response. 
I will agree with Sardis on that one as far as the society versus feminism. And I and it, I was going to say this earlier, but I didn't get a chance to, Stardust. Um, I was going to agree with you earlier in the panel when you were talking about <clears throat> that uh, you feel like most couples nowadays, man, woman, that it's not necessarily uh, economically, you know, um, realistic for, for one to be stay at home and the other not to with housing markets and, and all things like that. So I, do, I agree with you on that. But the only thing I have to say about the study that uh, we just said wasn't actually factually uh, correct. There's also a study out, and I just this is just because it's relevant, I think there's also a study out that came recently like, why are men sad and lonely? That is also not that is also not factually based or correct either. And I, that was the only point I really wanted to kind of interject on that one. Thank you. For sure. I'll even play Stardust Advocate uh, in the sense that I'm not going to, I don't want to take sides, but for the sake of Deej getting a, you could say his bang for his buck, is that Stardust, the, the paper I read at least though, it did say that it's not outdated because it's not reporting, if you're saying it's from 2008, it's not reporting on happiness in the future. It, it was reporting on happiness from the 1960s. From from the 1960s until okay. 2008 for women yeah. showing that their happiness was decreasing compared to men's in comparison well um the based on data uh from 1972 through 1993 compared to 2015 data um the happiness uh of women is now on par or exceeding men um, the one in 2008 used data from 72 to 93, and I think it compared it to 2008, but yeah. So are you conceding though that the paper actually did say that with the kind of like growth of feminism, women's happiness did tend to go down? Cause no, I disagree. I disagree. Well, I mean it, that, that, uh, women are less happy. Um, I disagree because now there's an updated uh there's an updated um uh study that shows that that is not the case so i have a if question if the updated study agrees with that then i would what are the yeah control factors how are well, they basing this info what are they basing this off of? that was my so, question i just think help clarify i'm sorry this i mean <laughs> control factors that like my guess the peer review process tends to do a pretty good job of that like i'll even give because i'm not trying to gang up on you stardust this one's from 2009 mm -hmm says the paradox of declining female happiness. I'll give the feminist response to this. So this is, this might be a different, you said 2008, this is 2009. It says that women's happiness has gone down both in relative terms and absolute terms compared to men's. Now that doesn't mean that feminism's like, oh, feminism, it's caused the decrease in happiness. There are like alternative explanations for it. So remember, correlation doesn't equal causation. So you can grant the correlation. You can say, okay, well maybe it has gone down which this empirical paper does seem to suggest that it had gone down <clears throat> with the rise of feminism. The idea is I mean, you I... might argue, well, I mean, I'll <laughs> give you a chance. If you, well, I mean, sorry, you, would you, like, would you do grant that since the 70s it went down, or do you dispute the paper? Um, I mean, if that's what the paper says, then I have no reason to, like, dispute the paper, right? I can't be, I can't. I can't say that that paper is wrong about itself, right? But I would say, in counter to that, um, I would look at places in the world where women's rights are not something that is uh, readily given. Do you think a woman is more happy living in Afghanistan or living in, in the USA? Well, yeah. So I, I told you I'll, I'll help you out uh, in the sense that 
you can grant the correlational nature of the data and the study. Mm -hmm. You could just say what the, so I read this like two or maybe two weeks ago, a week ago. Like the mm -hmm. researcher said, it could be that maybe it's not that feminism is causing women to become less happy. Mm -hmm. It's more that it's that women are becoming more aware. It's, it's in other words, like it's not that women, um, uh, feminism is decreasing women's quality mm -hmm. of life. It might be that it's causing them to become more aware of their comparatively less quality mm -hmm. of life compared to men. Because in a feminist society, you know, the, the idea would be that, you know, if you kind of have the scales taken away from your eyes, it might be the case that you see like, oh, wow, like I do have it unfair compared to men. And so it's not that it's feminism like that's making women's lives worse. It's that mm -hmm. it's kind of like opening their eyes to the fact that they're being treated unfairly. And so, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So like, in other words, like it doesn't yeah. mean that feminism's like at fault. Either more yeah. aware or more, or if it's more talked about, like if, I guess you would have to track what kind of conversations were happening during that time period. Um, and, and see if that was like a much more talked about at that time. And yeah. It, and again, I can't really, it seems like maybe I thought I was talking about the same set of papers, but, um, the, what I was looking at was just like the women are less happy paper from 2008 versus the no women aren't less happy paper from 2015. <laughs> so I, so if it's something from 2009, then I, I clearly don't know what I'm talking about. So. No, you know what you're talking yeah. about. I'm just, I was only trying to push it because I, it was it's something that I find interesting. And so I, like I said, though, yeah. it doesn't mean it's anything bad for feminism. Like I said, it could be like the, the researchers in the paper and the discussion section say, Hey, it's just because feminism is like maybe open the eyes of women and seeing that, like, for example, that whatever it might be. So anyway, but it has it opened. It's so, so this is the be just being devil's advocate. But for example, if you looked at say a paper came out and it said, um, you know, women feel uh, oppressed, sexually oppressed by men, and it came out during the Me Too movement, you know, and if you tracked the number a year prior versus the year of, like, um, you know, you'd have different numbers, but women are probably, you know, statistics, like, this, the number of cases is probably the same in both years, but, but the impression saying, yeah. is different, right? So I'm looking at the uh, the data that it says from the 70s to the 90s, happiness went down. But from the 90s to the 2010s, it's recovered. That's what's in. That's what the data reflects in the paper, I believe. May I? Go ahead, Ashley. So so from 2007 to 2009, we hit one of our largest uh, declines in the economy and the unemployment rate that we've had in, in, in over a decade before that. So that's why I wanted to know the controls of this. What, what are the other, what are the external factors here? Because was there also a paper done on how has men's happiness decreased between this time and this time? I think that if you did that, then I would agree with Stardust's earlier point that that's more of a, or I mean, I'm sorry, Catherine's earlier point that it's more of a humanist kind of thing. That's more humanity in general. So I think that that might be kind of no offense at all. I just think that that might be kind of a, uh what is the word i'm looking for basically like a backhanded compliment but that's not what it is it's almost like a paper being uh published to kind of skew uh the everyone's view of what might or might not be actually happening in in my opinion this is the problem with they with did these include papers. men though that i i mentioned yeah that it, includes, it includes men so so yeah but what it shows uh, what i'm looking at here it shows that there's a decrease from 1970 to 
to into the 1990s, right? That's when the <laughs> happiness of men, not men, uh, women was decreasing, right? But then around um, around the 2000s, uh, around the it looks like not 2000, no mid 1990s to 2000s, and then uh, beyond, you can actually see the graph goes up, um, and uh, in happiness is actually recovering for for women. I know, but do you, the only thing I'm trying to say that since the beginning I was trying to say is like, do you see how that doesn't quite answer the question? Because the question is like, why did it go down from the 70s to the 90s? Oh, yeah. It doesn't answer answer. to say, like, it's kind of like if you're like, why are you happy? You were unhappy yesterday, James. And I'm like, I'm happy today. And you're like, that doesn't answer my question. When did the AIDS epidemic come out? I mean, there are things that happened in the 80s and the 90s versus the 70s. I just don't think that that's a based study i guess i yeah, think that yeah. there's so many external factors yeah i think in my opinion there's so many external factors you haven't even that read it, it that i, I, I would agree don't... with what you were saying yeah james that that just because we see a decline uh it doesn't mean that that has anything to do with feminism it seems more that um you know uh you know j- just because there was a decline doesn't mean it has to inherently do with feminism it could be any wide variety of things and and as we can see today happiness is increasing so um so are, are you know should we tie that to feminism or no i don't know so yeah fair enough ashley yes sorry i didn't mean to be dismissive the no, only I'm, thing I'm... is is that well you mentioned like the control factors is the only reason i said like you haven't read it is is just that like i know that I, I was asking. yeah yeah, and that's a fair question. Like, you, obviously, you, you want to control for as much as you can. The only thing is that it's like, well, there's unless we have a good reason to believe that some of these, you know, factors that we want to have controlled would influence men differently than women. Like, it's kind of like, well, they did include men as a comparison group. So, like, unless we thought that like a depressed economy would hurt women's happiness more than men's, like, we would, you know, we like unless we had a good reason to think that, it'd be kind of like. You know, we just kind of be like up in the air about it. I see what you're saying. And my promise to you is that I'm going to look into this and I'm going to just I'm going to find all of the reasons and then I'll email you. Well, yeah, like like I, I want to be like I want to be just as I'm, on your really, but... on, on your on the pro feminism side as it might initially seem that I'm on the, the anti feminism side is just that, like I said, the authors, generally speaking, gave just as many you could say pro-feminist answers for like why that correlation Mm. is found over time Mm. as you could say non-feminist answers namely the one the biggest one i mentioned is like it's not that like feminism made women's lives worse it just opened their eyes to like the true unfairness in society for women like that's a potential explanation that's like you could say like pro-feminism and what i would also say is that this shows that it also shows that there was a decrease in life satisfaction for men as well um, that only recently started to kind of recover, although it wasn't at the same rate as the decrease for as it was for women. Um, there was a decrease in satisfaction. So, I look forward to, to reading about that and, and trying to argue it to death. That's my that's yeah. my. I will say as a journalist, one of my bones to pick is is. You know, I I have to I cannot ever comment on studies without reading and looking at the deviation standards and how data was gathered, because this is something that I nitpick a lot in in reporting. So I have to kind of adhere to that myself and hold myself to the same standard that I nitpick. So 
I have the same issue with statistics a lot of times. I know I took courses on statistics, so I'm, I'm very like, <laughs> I'm kind of, uh, yeah, I, I, I care our- about that a lot. And so, um, uh, and I think a lot of times uh, journalists do not even take the time to read the studies and, and do not understand statistics, uh, even well, on a, a lot of level. A lot of the times it gets, it gets misinterpreted it, and then the does. journalists perpetuate and propel a false statistic that just sweeps. Correct. And, and they almost really never read the studies things. because often they don't even have access to the studies because they cost a lot of money to access. So, um, and then it gets just repeated from one article to the next. So I talk about that a lot because I talk about media literacy a lot. And, and so I try not to make the same errors as much as I can. So, yeah. I'll stay away from that. That was a fun topic. I liked that. Juicy, to say the least. We only have two more questions, and then we'll wrap up because we're a little bit over time. Sorry about that. If if you guys have to run, I don't blame you. You, It's totally fair game. If you have to run, you can click out. Uh, We do want to quick go through these. Dark Bag says, can we define feminism, please? That one we kind of did in the uh, earlier. I think it was Ashley S. asked people to define it. Chris G. says, are men and women different, or are they equal? If they are different, how hard should we try to make them equal? Thanks to all. See you in Texas. Um, I would. Can I answer? I would, oh, good. Um, I mean, I would actually say that um, men and women are equal as human beings, certainly, but we are not the same. We are very different in very uh, a multitude of ways, and I think that's really, really important to acknowledge. In um, not only, <clears throat> excuse me, not only like physiologically, but mentally, um, you know. Our, our emotional state status and, and lots of things go into that, how we handle relationships. We are not the same, but we are certainly equal as human beings. You got it. Anybody else? Stardust? Yeah, I, I would say that. Um, Something super short, really quick. From really? kindergarten, <laughs> Wait, men sorry. have penises and girls have vaginas. That's all I have to say. <laughs> Duly noted. I love that. Stardust. <laughs> Thank you for that, Ashley. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I think um, I think that is again. It's very clear that um, women and men are not the same. We're very different, right? Um, and uh, on uh, the averages for women and the averages for men in different categories are going to be very different. But does that mean that we shouldn't strive for um, men and women to have um, the same amount of mobility in their lives and the same amount of of opportunity in their lives? No, I think that. Women and men should have the ability to uh, to make these choices, have their own agency, choose what they want out of their lives, regardless of um, uh, regardless of their differences. Right. And just like we can take the same thing with short and, and tall people. Right. Are are short and tall people equal? Well, I mean, short and tall people, uh, they're different, <laughs> but should they be equal under the law? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. I can mean, I ask you, can I ask? Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. You can ask me. No. I just wanted to ask her a question. How in the U.S., how are women um, lacking in mobility or how are they not um, afforded the same opportunities? Uh, I think in the U.S., for the most part, we've we've closed a lot of these gaps. Right. I think um, in the U.S., for the most part, in, in the U.S., I, I think I guess I, I would say that the, the things that I worry about um, are more like social, uh, um, uh, you know, societal views of certain things. Um, but I think on a on a global scale, we still see um, women uh, oppressed um, on a global scale. So, yeah. fair. Yeah, I think uh, I, I I mean I agree with everyone. Women are obviously different from men. I think women and men should have uh, 
the same opportunities uh, if they should go wish to go into uh, similar fields. I mean, I think a lot of times uh, people point to or women point to specific fields and say, oh, we, we're not represented in this particular category, but they're often very desirable categories and people often don't talk about, well, you know, I want to work in construction or these dangerous jobs. So it's often these like really great, great jobs. And, uh, and, and this often relates to the uh, wage gap uh, discussion that comes up a lot. Um, so I think that's something that, that, you know, needs to talk about a little, uh, be talked about a little bit more, um, and addressed, but I think, um, you know, I think we are, we are different often physically. Um, there's other elements in which we can be different, but, but every person is an individual also, and we have to look at our, uh, at everyone as an individual, as opposed to just a, you know, a gender or a group of people or race or whatnot. And I think individuals first. You got it. With that, we're going to wrap up. I'm going to be back for a post-credit scene, letting you know about upcoming events, including that huge conference in Plano, Texas on Saturday, November 19th. But I've got to tell you folks, if you have not already, now is the perfect time. You can click on our guest links below, including Ashley S., Stardust, Freely Ashley, and Catherine. What are you waiting for? Even if you're listening via the podcast, as all of our debates and panels are uploaded to the podcast within 24 hours of them happening, you can find our guest links there as well. You should click on them right now. So one last Thank you very much. Stardust, Freely Ashley, Catherine, and Ashley As. It's been a true pleasure to have you with us tonight. Loved it to be here. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Uh, thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, I think feminism is uh, is like the best thing in the whole world. Um, and uh, you should check me out. Thanks. <laughs> in the whole world. <laughs> yeah, in the whole world. I think sushi. In the whole, in, in the whole, in the whole room. World. The whole wide room. <laughs> 100 percent and but dogs yes. go ahead yeah, dogs are the best thing in the whole world Catherine likes dogs over cats i got thank your you. address Catherine. thank you yeah uh, one yeah. last one supreme thank you emperor, so much james Su <laughs> supreme emperor kiza sent in a last minute question says james watch aiden paladin's girl boss video and this explains plenty Let's see. They said why they say that feminism is not good. They say it's quite an eye opener for many. Have any of you guys seen? They say that this is a a, a challenge to feminism. This is Aiden Paladin's girl boss uh, video. Aiden Paladin. I, I've been on her show before. Actually, it's funny. I've been on Aiden Paladin's show, but and we have like quite the opposite in our political beliefs. But I've never seen that video. I'll have to check it out. Ashley S. Are you a big fan of Aiden Pal Paladin? Nope. Gotcha. I've never seen it, but I appreciate that. And so want to say, do you have anything, Ashley? Oh, I couldn't tell you for a second. I just wanted to say Stardust. It's always fun being on a panel with you. I love you and I love to hate you. Like you're, you're the shit. Right. Yeah, you're no, fun no to problem. argue with, I will say. Totally. Yeah. Um, don't take anything that, that I say personally. I just really enjoy arguing a lot. Um, it's like my masculine side I coming out. So, yeah. And I just noticed one of the that. comments, um, I wasn't really reading them during this, but I did see one comment that was about feminists. Uh, why aren't they supporting Iran more? And I did want to say feminists should yeah. absolutely be supporting uh, the women in Iran more right now. 
and it 100%. is cool that there is more support in the media and by women and, and everybody yeah. in general. I agree. A hundred percent. Thank you for saying that. You got it. We'll end with that. So as I mentioned, all of our guests are linked in the description, folks. What are you waiting for? You can click on those links right now and I'll be back in just a moment with that post credit scene that I mentioned. Thanks very much, folks. I'll be right back. A new year, time for new growth. Grow your education and skills with Herzing University. Our online behavioral health programs fit your schedule and time. From an eight-month diploma program in health and human services to a 36-month bachelor's in psychology. Grow your behavioral health career with us wherever you are in your education. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Visit us online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109. Online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.